We begin the current time, Sechtes Bav Kamadav Kof Tezvav. We begin three lines down from the top of the Yamad. The Gemara continues with a related discussion from the Allah of our Mishnah. We mentioned Allah in the Mishnah, if let's say somebody recognizes his stuff in somebody else's hand. Now, moreover, the word got out in town that this guy who's claiming that this other person has his stuff had a robbery in his house. So the Allah is that the guy has to give his stuff back, but he could swear how much he paid for it. And then he gets compensated from the original owner for the value of that thing, which the guy said was stolen from him. But okay, this guy, as we'll see later on, there's a halacha called takan sashuk, where if a guy buys something, he can't have that if someone just comes along and claims that it's his, and it might be his, that this guy should lose, because we don't want the consumers to be at a loss. So although he can get his stuff back, but he has to compensate him for the value of that item. Now, that was obviously talking about a case when we don't know who the robber was, if there really was a robbery, but this guy claimed it's his stuff. That's what halacha is in such a situation. Now, itma we learned, however, let's say ganav umachar. Let's say we have a situation where this actually would happen, where a guy stole something from somebody, then he sold it to somebody else. Now, that would be the case of our Mishnah, which, but we don't know who the, the robber was and if there was really such a robber. So that's when we said that you have to compensate the lekeach, the guy who bought it from wherever he bought it. But this case that the Gemara is discussing is Then actually it's recognized who the thief was. This guy who bought, he was just buying something from somebody. It turns out the guy who sold him was a thief. Now, what's the halacha? So it's actually machlokes. Rav Mishmid Rav says in Rebchia that Hadin, which means to say the original owner of the item, the guy who was stolen from, his claim is Imharishan, with the first guy, meaning with the Ganav. Meaning, but the guy who bought it from the Ganav, he has no, he, he can't litigate with that person. And actually, if he comes to claim it from that guy saying, you know, I know you paid nice money for this, but it was actually stolen from me. The halacha would be that he has to pay him that value. Now, although that you, we, we know who the guy is that stole it from this guy. We don't say that the guy who bought it has to return it for nothing, and then that he would have to go ahead and collect from the guy who stole it from the guy. We don't say that. So again, Rav's halacha is hadin imarishan. Really, the primary halacha is that the guy who was stolen from, who does he go to to say, hey, you know, this was stolen from me? He goes to the guy who stole it from him, because now we know who stole it from him. The second guy, mean the Likeach, him, really, he doesn't have a case against him. If he wants to go ahead and take it from the guy, he would have to compensate him. But not like in general, where a guy would compensate you, this was mine, this was stolen from me. Yeah, go to the Ganev. He owes you money. You want to come to me? Fine, you can take it back, but you have to pay me. That's how Rav says Allah is. He says, no, actually, Hadin, the, the, the case that the original owner has, is Im Hasheni, is with the second guy with the consumer, and he could take it back from him for free. Well, I, look, I feel bad for you, you paid nice money for this, but what do you want from me? This was stolen from me, it's my object, give it back to me, and look, you want to go to the Ganav and say that he sold it to you and he should pay you back, fine, but I'm coming to you. So who does he go to again? Rav says you go to the first guy with the Ganav, and that's where he gets it back for free. If he wants to go to the consumer, fine, but he would have to pay him. Or Rabbi Yechelen says, no, it's actually the second guy, the guy who has his stuff, he can go and take it back without paying it, and then that guy lets it could go ahead and compensate himself by going to the guy, the Ghanim, who sold it to him. So there's actually four different interpretations in this, this machlekes between Rav and Rabbi Yechelen. First interpretation of Amar Rabbi says, actually, actually not disagreeing. 
Because Khan over here in the interpretation of Rabbi Yechanan, it's talking about where this, this consumer had bought it from the Gan of Lefnei Yish, before the original owner even gave up hope from it. So that's where Rabbi Yechanan said, Hadinim Asheni, so then he can go and litigate with the second guy, because the second guy got it before he was able to be kind, I meaning he was still the original owners when the guy took it. Whereas Khan La'achar Yish, Rav was saying that it's only with the first guys because by the time the second guy, the Lekech, bought it from the Ganev, the original owner was ready Miyayish beforehand. So then Hadin Nemarishan, that's where Rav said that the court case is with only, he could only go ahead and get it for free from the first guy, not the second guy, as the Gemara explains, because for Tarvayu Isl Grav Chizda. Both Rav and Yerb Yechanan are agreement, and they're just talking about different cases, and because they both hold the halacha of Rav we mentioned in the previous daf, that said that if gazel v'lo habaylam, Rav said regarding a case of, let's say, somebody steals something from somebody, and the original owner wasn't miyayish, didn't give up hope of getting it back. and then someone else came and actually consumed the stolen object from the ganav, so he could collect this guy who was stolen from from either one of those parties. The reason for that is is because it was always his. He never gave up hope. So the first guy stole from him, but it, when it was in his resource, it was still his. It was still the homeowner's too. So when this guy ate it from the ganem, he was really taken from the original owner. So he could collect from either one. So here also, even though that he gave money, this, this consumer gave money to the ganem, it doesn't make a difference. Because in regards to the owner, He's still a goslin because, yeah, you're paying him money for what? For my stuff. You're still stealing it from me. I know you thought that it was his, you're paying him money, but still you're stealing it from me, just like the case of Rav Chizda. Now, however, where Rashi points out one thing, that this whole discussion is only where, the, the, where you recognize the ganav as we described the case. But when you don't recognize the ganav, like the case of the Mishnah, so that's where the Rabbanan made what's called Takanas Hashuk which is that although, yes, if you had a rumor that it was robbed from you and you recognize it by this other guy, you can go to take it back from him, but you have to pay him what he paid the guy who sold it to him. But that's only when we don't recognize who the Ganem is. So, okay, so every guy who's a consumer is going to lose out. But in our case that we're discussing over here, where we recognize the Ganev, that's where the halacha is that... Look, there's no Takan Sashuk. I know you paid money, but go to the guy that sold it to you. We know that he was a Ganev. A regular time where we don't know where this guy bought it from, we don't know who that guy is. Fine, so then we say we have to compensate you. But that's where Rabbi Yechen and Rav both agree to this halacha that is like Rav Chizda. That if it's before Yish, so then he can go to the second guy because the second guy is a Gazan. And moreover, we don't have to compensate him because you can go ahead, unlike the case of the Mishnah, you can go with Hukra Gana, we know the guy who sold you the Gazan, go get your money from him. But if it's talking about La'acha Yish, that's where it's different. That's again the, the, the two different cases of Rav and Rebbechanan. It's that Rav is talking about La'acha Yish, so then you don't have Rav Chizda's halacha anymore. Because then by the time the consumer came along, he wasn't stealing it anymore from the first person. Because the first person was Rebbechanan, and that's why he could only collect from the Ganev and not from the Lekech. And if he were to go to Lekech, he would have to compensate him. That's the first approach. Now, on that, Omle Abaya, Abaya asked him, Rabbi Yisrael, he says, Veloi Pligi? Is it really so? Like you're saying that Rav and Yechanan do not disagree? And you're saying, of course not. You're saying that because they're talking about different cases. They're both really holding Rav Chizda halacha, and then it depends. If it's someone before Yish, then it's like Rabbi Yechanan, which Rav Chizda's halacha applies, and you can go to the second guy. If it's after Yish, before the guy buys it, then it's like Rav, who says you can only go to the first guy, to the Ganav. 
on that as a baya, but hamatnis kuhuna, but the halacha is regarding certain kohana gifts, there's 24 gifts that kohanim get, that the halacha is kilifnei yish dami. It is essentially always like before the kohen was meyayish. The reason being is the kohen is not meyayish of getting his kohana gifts. And still, Lupaligi, still we find that Rav disagrees with Rabbi Yechanan and he says that the halacha is that you can only litigate with the first person, meaning with the Ganav, not the guy who boarded from the Ganav. Now that, that, that disproves what Rabbi Yechanan was trying to say. He said that, that Rav's halacha, that Hadin Marishan, is only because it's La'acha Yish that the second guy boarded. But here we're going to see clearly, as we're describing the case of Matnas Kahuna, is a case of before Yish, and still Rav says you can't be done with the second person, with the Lekech, only with the Meich, only with the Ganav. It's not like learning a Mishnah. Mishnah says in Mishnah Deschulen, Omar Loi, if let's say a, a purchaser comes to the butcher and he tells him, Sell me the innards, the intestines of the cow. Now, in those, those uh, in innards were the kahana gifts. Because one of the kahana gifts is what's called the keva, which is the maw, it's, it's the jaw and the throat area. Now, so the halacha is, so the lekech, the consumer, has to give this keva to the kayan, because it's matnas kuhuna, it's not for a Yisrael to take. And moreover, he can't discount the price he was supposed to pay to the butcher from this value that he, he's losing now because he has to give this to the kain. He doesn't discount that price because we assume that, of course, that wasn't even part of the sale in the first place because we know it's matnas kuna. So he has to give that to the, to the kain, although it's part of the innards. And, but that doesn't, he doesn't take away from what he has to pay to the butcher. But let's say, let's say he pays him per weight. Then, obviously, whatever he's paying per weight was included in the sale. Now, if one of those items then are one of the matnas kuhun, like the keva, so then nice coin, still the has to give it to the kain, but so then he could cut off on the price that he has to pay to, this, to the butcher, because obviously part of that that you charge me for is for something that's, that I have no rights to, that it's stolen from the kain, has to go to the kain. That's the halacha of the Mishnah Mesech Tzachun. Now, Vama Rav, and Rav had said, Loi Shonu, he didn't learn that this last case, that when he buys it by weight, that he has to give it to the Kayin, which the word giving to the Kayin sounds like, that the, the purchaser has to give it to the Kayin, meaning that the Kayin doesn't pay him for it, and that he has to go ahead and claim money from the guy who sold it to him, meaning he paid him $1,000, and really now he's only getting $800 worth because he has to give Matanus Kuna part of it. So it sounds like that, he ha- that he's not getting compensated from the Kayin, he has to go get that money back from the butcher, Says Rab, that's only Only if he waited for himself. But if, let's say, the butchers who waited it for him and gave it to him, then Hadin, actually, then the Koyen, who is contesting his Matnas Kahuna, he contests Im Hatabach with the butcher. And that the loss doesn't come from the consumer that he has to go ahead and try to get his money back from the butcher. Rather, the consumer says, look, I'll give you your matnas kuna, but you have to go ahead and you have to litigate with the butcher and not me. Now, where is that from? That's Rav's opinion that he says, Hadin im harishin. Because the tavach essentially in this case is like the first guy, is like the ganav, because he's the guy who's weighing it and giving it to the lekeach, which is stealing it from the kain, and the lekeach is the second guy. And still Rav says, that the coin has to deal with the butcher, 
even though, as we explained, it's talking about before Yish, because Matnas Kuna is always the kind that Meyayish. So obviously we see that Rav does not hold of the Halacha Rav Chizda, because he's talking about even before Yish. So obviously he's disagreeing with Rabbi Yechanan. How can you say that Rav and Rabbi Yechanan agree with each other, and they both hold the Rav Chizda, and just Rav, although it sounds like he's not holding like Rav Chizda, only talking about Lacha Yish, when we see clearly here, it's even before Yish, and still Rav says, Hadinamarishan with the Tavach, and that the, the, the Likach doesn't have to deal with that and to have the loss. So that the Gemara answers for Rabbi said, no, it's not difficult. That what Rav is saying is, not that it's only with the Rishon, but actually that the Kohen could also contest with the butcher. Now, what's the Chiddush in that? Of course, he's the Ganav. He's the guy who waited it out to the second guy. So that the Chiddush is, no, because Madutem, I would have thought to say, Kohana gifts cannot be stolen. Why? Because the rights that the Kayin have to it are so strong because it's really coming from Hashem. Hashem decides these, these parts go to the Kayin. Therefore, just like Kachim, Hektish, Matnas Gavaya, wherever they are, they belong to Hashem. So to hear wherever they are, they really are the Kayins. And therefore, even if the, the butcher waited it and gave it to the Lekeach, that what he did, that process, really wasn't stealing because you can't really steal it. Wherever it is, it's owned by the Kayin. And therefore, we would think that, he, that actually the Kayin would only be able to go to the Lekeach. That's the Chiddush that Rav is saying that, no, he could even go to the butcher, that it is considered like he's stealing it. But not that it's only with the Tabach. It's actually also with the Tabach, also with the butcher. But of course, he could also go to the second guy because it actually is before Yish. And Rav does hold the Rav Chiddush Halacha like Rav Yusuf had interpreted. And therefore, he could also go with the Shani. It's just saying that he could also go to the, to the butcher and it is considered like he's stealing now the Gemara asks, but but Abaya, who, as we see from his question, that he held that Rava and Rabbi Yechonah are disagreeing. So then the question is, my Pligi, regarding what point then are they disputing? So that's what the Gemara answers that, as we had explained, they're disagreeing in the case of before years, Bidr of Chizda, in the Allah of Chizda, that Abaya's premise was that Rav does not hold like, uh, of the Allah of Rav Chizda. And that's why you could only contest with the first guy and not with the second guy. Again, that's Abai's interpretation, that they're actually disagreeing in Rav Chizr's halacha, where Rav Yisav responded to that question and said, no, that it's like he had answered, they both agree to Rav Chizr, and they're not disagreeing with each other, just that Rav's talking about La'ach Yish, and Rav Yisav's talking about Lifnei Yish. Rav Zidom, he says a third interpretation. He says that we're talking about that where the owner was not Meyayish yet. We're, that, in, that, that in, in the case where the owner wasn't Meyayish, so everyone agrees to Rav Chizr's halacha that meaning that you could contest with the second guy and you could take it away from him. Now, but over here the case is talking about The years, however, only happened when the purchaser had already bought it. And the, the original owner was not Miyayish when the thief still had it. And therefore it's in such a case that they disagree. What's the Machlechus? Marsa Vibyechana holds Yush Vaakhina Rishus Kami. That in that order of when you have first the owner being Miyayish and then the change of domain, then the guy who gets it from that Shin Rishus, the Lekech, the second guy, then he acquires it. And then you would say that the guy can't contest with him. Shin Rishus Vaakhach Yush Laikani. However, if there's first a change of domain, like in the case that we're describing Rev Zvid saying they're disagreeing about, first the Ganev sold it to the and then the original owner was Miyash, then Loikani. Then he has not acquired it. 
because you you really got it in a forbidden way because you although they changed the domain but the guy wasn't miyayish it's still his when he's miyayish afterwards that doesn't help anymore whereas a mar subvelation up a drive holds that there's no difference that you're always going to acquire it and therefore actually as Rashi says he wouldn't even have to be he wouldn't even have to give him back the money because you have nothing to do with me because I, I fully acquired it I don't owe you anything so that's why again Rav said that hadin's only with a rishin. And whereas because it's talking, because it, he holds that it doesn't make a difference as long as you have Yish and Shin Rishos, even though you have Shin Rishos first, it's still Kainit. Whereas Rabbi Yechelen said that no, it's only in the order of Yish and then Shin Rishos, but if you Shin Rishos and then Yish, that doesn't work for him to be Kaina. And that's why Dinah Mashayin, he can go ahead and get his thing that was stolen, not only from the original guy, but even from the second guy. But Papa Ami says a fourth interpretation. He says that no, really the case that they're disagreeing about is before Yish. And both of them actually hold up the halacha of Rav Chizda. Now, therefore, Biglima, by a stolen cloak, by a garment, says Rav Papa, the Kulamale Pligi de Hadlamari. There, no one would disagree that then it would have to go back to the original owner for free. And that is, the purchaser would not be able to withhold and say, no, I'm only going to give you back your stolen object. If you pay me, he can't say that, because that's like the halacha of Rav Chizda, that if it's before Yish, then he could contest from this one or from that one. And he wouldn't be able to stop him. Of course, then Lekech would be able to go to the Ganev and get his money back. But from the original owner, he has to give it right back. So what's their machlekes? But what they are disagreeing about is, as we'll shortly see, specifically in the case of that we described it regarding Hukra Ganev, where we recognize that the guy who told him is a Ganev, so it's regarding such a case that Rav and Rabbi Yechen disagreed, did we make this what we call Takana Sashuk, which literally means to say that the rectification, the institution of the marketplace, meaning people buy things all the time. We want consumers to be secure and safe. So it's regarding that halacha if we instituted Takana Sashuk, where Rav Meshmedri of Chiyamah, he says, Hadin Im Harishan. Now, as Rashi points out, according to this fourth interpretation of Rav Papa, when Rav said Hadin Im Harishan, it's not the way we were interpreting up until now. Hadin Im Harishan up until now we were saying was the, the, the guy who was stolen from, the Balabayas, who does he contest with? Is it with the Rishan, meaning the Ganev, or with the Shani, the second guy, the territory, which is the, the guy who bought from him with Lekeach, which that's the Shani. That Rav is interpreting a different interpretation. When, when he said, when Rav says Hadin Im Harishan, it's not the Balabayas, rather it means to say the Lekeach, the purchaser, Yes, the purchaser, we said, like Rav Chizis Allah, has to give it back to the original owner. And he has to give it back, he can't hold them back. But then, the question is, but now, when he wants to get his money back, because, of course, as a, as a consumer, he bought it, he paid money, he wants to get his money back, who does he contest with? So, Rav was saying, meaning, He goes to the first guy, which is, who the first person that he dealt with, which was the guy who sold it to him, which was the Ganev. That's where he goes to get his money back. Meaning, Rav holds, We did not institute that when someone buys something in the marketplace, out in the open, and he didn't realize what he bought was stolen, Rav holds, we do not make a takana that he should be able to get compensated from the original owner who was stolen from to get his money back. We didn't do that. As we'll see shortly, but which is evident from the Allah of Mishnah, when we don't know who the Ghana was, then we make Takan Sashok. And then even though the guy who was originally stolen from wants to get his thing back, he claims it's his, fine, he could get it back, but you have to compensate that guy because we don't want consumers to lose faith in the market. But when he does know who the guy is, so then he does no Takan Sashok. Go back to the guy who stole from you, get your money back. 
He says, He says, No, it's actually, he could even contest with the second guy, meaning, that it, it, the law is that the consumer could actually go ahead and get money back from the original owner, from the guy they were stolen from. Because we did institute this Takanus Hashuk. So, therefore, although that we do hold the Allah of Chizda, and again, as we said, that the Lakeach cannot tell the Balabais, La Bal Devam Dediat, who are you to come to me and get your stolen thing from me? Go to the guy who stole from you. I bought it from him. He can't say that. But after that he pays up the stolen thing to the original owner, then, however, he could go right back to the owner and say, okay, but give me my money back because of the Khan Which Rashi asked, then, what's the difference? How, what is the, what's, the, what's the practical implication of saying, if the guy could get his money back from the owner, that to say of because, not like Rav Chizah, because Labadvam Dediyat, or to say because of the Khan What does it help to hold like Rav Chizah that the guy could get it from him, if anyways you're saying that he could get his money right back from him. So that Rashi explains the difference would be in the case of which actually is Rav Chizda's halacha. When a guy robs and then someone else comes and consumes that thing from the robber without paying for it. That's where Rav Chizda's halacha was applicable because then if the guy wants to contest with the second guy versus the first guy, he could collect from him because the whole Takan Sashok was only said by a lokeach. By a consumer, we want to protect their rights. But a guy who then steals from the guy who stole, then we didn't see such a thing, and then he would be able to take it right back from him, in contrast to the case of Likach, where then, yes, he would have to compensate him because of Takan Sashuk. Now, according to this last interpretation of Rav Papa and this Machlekes, so the, 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 the different opinions are that Rav holds, we don't say Takan Sashuk, and Rav says we do say Takan Sashuk. Even though both of them hold the Rav Chizah's Allah. So on that, the Gemara asks, the Sava Rav loy also about Takan Sashuk. So what are you saying? The Rav held that we don't make Takan Sashuk? Because that's how Rav Papa interpreted when he says, Adina Marishan, the Lekeach could only contest with the first guy, meaning the Ganav, and not with the original owner. So it sounds like we don't make Takan Sashuk, that when he has this thing that he bought, which was stolen from somebody, and the guy wants to get his stuff back, he can't go ahead and get his money back from that guy. But ask the Gemara, Rav Huna, Tamidi the Rav, Hava Rav Huna was a student of Rav, meaning he would follow Nalacha like Rav. The wicked, he stole a garment and he sold it to somebody else. Now, now the original owner found out about this and he sees a third party has this thing that someone stole from him and gave it to, and sold it to him. So now he came in front of Rav Huna. So Amalela, who governs Rav Huna, said to that person, to the original owner, Zilgo Avitach, which literally means to say, open up your collateral, meaning, redeem your thing with the mashkin that you're holding on to, mean to say that you have to pay that guy who has your garment to get your, to get your garment back. So even though it was stolen from you, but you have to go ahead and, and, and pay for that. Now, that sounds like Takan Sashok. Takan Sashok is that even though it was stolen from him, but if he wants to get it from a third party, from Lekach, he has to pay him back. Now, how can you say that? If one is doing a Rav who says we don't say Takan Sashok. So that says the Gemara, no, Shani Chan and Bisha, the case of Chan and Bisha is different. Since you can't collect from him, he doesn't pay up, he's not a guy that you can collect from. So it's Kaloi Hooker Dami. It's like the case of when the Ganab is not recognizable, which is like the Halacha Bar Mishnah on some level, where when you find a guy, say, hey, this was, this was, I had a robbery, this is my thing. Now the guy says, look, I don't, I don't know what you told me, I bought this from somebody. So the Halacha is that he has to give it back to him. But he has to compensate him, which is a kansashuk. 
So here also, even though here we know who the Ganav is, and Rav said when it's Hukra Ganav, then we don't say Takan Sashok, but here it's like Loi Hukra Dami, because since you can't get this any money out of him, therefore the Lekech is going to lose, because he's not going to be able to get his money back. So that goes, takes us back to the old marketplace institution, which is to allow the guy who, yes, although it was stolen from him, but he has to pay the Lekech the money that the Lekech paid for it. And again, that Rav agrees to the basic halacha of Takan Sashok. Now, relating to this, Amar Rabbi, he qualifies this halacha of Takan Sashok. He says, However, if the guy that this Lekeh bought from is a well-known thief, obviously then we did not institute Takan Sashok, which again, the whole premise is that we want consumers to be protected, to say that, okay, look, if it was stolen from somebody, the guy could get it back, but he has to pay the consumer for that. That's only if the guy you're buying from is a trust is a regular guy. If you know he's a well-known thief, then you shouldn't have got yourself into that mess in the first place. Then we're not going to let you get your money back from the guy that was stolen from. Now, that the Gemara asked, but Vachon and Bishri, the Meforsim everyone knew about this wicked Chanon, and yet we just mentioned before, also about Takan Sashok, that Vachon made Takan Sashok, that the consumer was able to get compensated from the original owner that was stolen from. So the Gemara answers, Nehid the Meforsim Lebishusa. No, although he was well known for his wickedness, like Nevusa the Meforsim, he wasn't known as a thief, that he wasn't known to be wicked for. And therefore, the guy didn't have to expect that what he was buying from him was stolen, and therefore, we did say Takan Sashok in that situation. Moreover, other qualifications in the Zalacha of Takana Sashok. Itmai was said, Ganav upar Let's say somebody steals something and he uses it to pay up a debt of his, which is, let's say, for a loan. Or Ganav upar Let's say he stole something and he used it to pay up the credit that he had racked up at his store, at, at his supermarket. So the halacha is In those situations, we didn't say that the storekeeper or the lender who took that money should be protected under the law of Takan Sashok, that when the guy who was stolen from comes to take it away from them, should say, okay, fine, but give me back my money. That, no, we don't say that over there. Because the Amri, we say, look, it wasn't with that intention of this stolen thing that you obviously immediately that you gave him anything, that you gave him money in the first place, because you actually lent him the money, you gave him the credit before he even presented you with this stolen thing. The whole concept of Takan Sashok is that we want to protect you for what you're doing. So when he's giving you an object and you're paying for it, that was given under that pretext, and therefore you're going to be protected under that law. But here you already had given him the money months before. Then he's paying you with this thing. When he's paying you with this thing, that wasn't why you had expended that money in the first place. And therefore, when the guy who was stolen from comes to take it away, you don't get compensated for that exchange. Another halacha, mashkanta shavi masen b'meya. Let's say there was a collateral that was worth 200 for a loan of 100. So then, that's the same idea. Where Why do you extend him the loan? Because you knew he had such a big collateral. So that's why... That's under the same pretext of the Takan Sashuk. But let's say Shav B'Shava, let's say he lent him $100, and he gave you collateral worth $100. So, he says, in such a situation, we did not institute Takan Sashuk. And the reason being is because it's not normative practice to lend money for collateral that's worth exactly the amount of the loan. Therefore, obviously, as Rashi explains this, that the lender's intention is not really to collect from the collateral, it's really that he trusts him. Because if it was really based on collateral, you usually want the collateral to be much more than the loan itself. And since here it's equal, so you're not really relying on that, and therefore you can't say that that was your whole premise, which again is the whole context of the Allah of Tekan Sashok, and therefore we don't say Tekan Sashok over there. 
Whereas Mazucha Amar also by Takan Sashaka says, no, we even when it's equal to the collateral, we did make Takan Sashaka because ultimately he was lending based on collateral. Again, that was a mistake, but that's the halach of Takan Sashaka that we don't want the market to be afraid of maybe this is a stolen thing. And therefore, even when the, Ghana, when the guy who was stolen from comes to get his thing back, he has to compensate him for that value. Now, let's say Zvina Shava Bishava. Let's say it was a sale of equal value, meaning he sold him something $100 worth and he paid him $100 for it. So, so then we made Takan Sashuk. But let's say Shavim Ma'ab Masa. Let's say he sold him something worth 100 and the guy actually paid him $200 for it. Now, what he actually bought, which was really only worth 100 he paid 200 for, was actually a stolen thing. So, he said, in such a situation, we did not make Takan Sashuk. Meaning, and therefore he can't, even when, this, when the guy who was stolen from comes to take back his object, which is worth 100 he can't even get 100 back from the guy. Because just like the extra 100 was a gift, because what are you doing paying 200 for something worth 100 Must be because you're really gifting it to him. So even that which was worth 100 we also consider like a gift. You weren't really relying on it like as if it was a sale. Whereas Rava, Rava however, says no, that we did make Takan even on the extra 100 Meaning to say when this guy wants his thing, which is really worth $100 back, he has to actually give him to the guy who, was st- to the guy who bought it 200 which is how much this guy paid. Because sometimes people overpri- overpay for certain items, and therefore it is normal and it is considered a valid sale that he was relying on, not like a gift, to even get back the $200 from the guy who was stolen from. Now the Gemara concludes, And all these cases that we discussed, we did say the Takan Sashok. Labar, Miganav upar and ganav upar Except for the two cases that we discussed regarding when the guy had already owed a debt of a loan, or he had already ex- had had built up a bill at his at his market for a certain amount amount of credit, where then he stole something to pay that up. There we don't say takan sashuk again because the guy, the store owner, the lender had not extended the money based on this object. That was only giving months later as, as payment. For payment, that wasn't what he was relying on, and therefore the halacha concept of Tarkan Sashok does not apply in those cases. Now the Gemara illustrates with a few different uh, illustrations this, th- these halachas. So the Gemara tells us that Avimi Bar Nazi was Hamud Ravina, the father-in-law of Ravina, have a masik who gava bar zuzi. He was trying to collect from a certain individual who owed him four zuz. Now, Ganev Galima, so this borrower who owed him the money, he stole a garment, and asked and he brought it to 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 Nazi to Avimi Bar Nazi, who he owed the money to. So he thought he paid him up. So So now he lent him another four zuz. He paid up already the first debt. So he lent him another four zuz. Now Lasev Hukraganov. At the end, it was recognizable that actually he was a ganav, he was a thief. What he originally paid up for those first four zuz was not even his. Now, so therefore he really owed him now eight zuz because the garment he has to give back to the original owner. Now, so the first thing he paid up wasn't really paid, and now he owes him for the second time that he lent him another four zuz. So Asla Kamei Ravina said, came in front of his son-in-law Ravina. So Amar, Ravina said, look, Kamoi, regarding the first four zuzim, Ganav Upar Bechayve, that's essentially a case of when someone steals, and he uses it to pay up a debt, which over here you had already lent him beforehand, four zuz, and then he, quote, paid up with the stolen item of the glima. So that we said, So therefore, he doesn't have to, meaning the guy that was stolen from, doesn't have to compensate you when he takes away the glimmer from you, because as we said, that's not what you extended it, the credit for on this thing. That was only paid up at a later point in time. Now, however, the, however, the last four zuz that you, that you lent the guy, that was only because he had given you collateral of the garment, 
oh, so Shalkel Zuzach saying you could take your money from the original owner, and then give him back the garment, because that is Takan Sashuk. Takan Sashuk is that if you, the reason why you extended the second time was based on that you had the garment, if you wouldn't have the garment, you would have extended it. So that, uh, that is valid for the Kansashuk. So therefore, basically his son-in-law was telling him, half of it he'll be able to get back for the Klima. Not all, because the first four Zuz is a case that we said that you don't say the Kansashuk, which when it was for payment for a previous extension of credit. However, for the second four Zuz, he'll get compensated. Now, Maskev Rav Koyin, but Rav Koyin asked on this halachic Psaka of Ravina. says, the Dilma, but maybe Klima Bahani Zuzi Kamai Yahavanale. Maybe says, you're learning it wrong. Maybe when the guy, this of this borrower, when he paid it back to Ravina's father-in-law, when he gave him the garment, it was for payment of the first four zuz. Now, that is, as we said before, gun of a par gun of a par That's a case of stealing and using it to pay up a debt, or stealing to use it to pay up credit. And therefore, for that, when the original owner comes to get what was stolen from him, you can't get compensated for now, moreover, he says, The last four Zuzan that he lent him, That's only because he trusts him just like he trusts him the first time. In other words, he's trying to tell Ravina there shouldn't be any Taikan Sashok, even on the last four Zuz. Because he's not lending him because of the collateral of the garment. No, the garment was used for payment. So, oh, okay. So your trust is still with me. So I'm going to lend you another four Zuz, not because as that's as a collateral, but rather, just like I trust you the first time and you paid me up for it by giving me the garment, I trust you again. But it's based on the trust, not on the garment. So the Gemara tells us actually, milsa So this, this, this halachic uh, conundrum made its way to Rebavo. And Amr he said, The halachic is like Rav Koyin because since he trusted him originally, it's now also that he's trusting him. But again, it's not based on the premise of the glima. It wasn't being used as collateral. It was only being used for payment, and again, for payment, there's no takan sashuk, and then there's no takan sashuk on the second four zos either, because it wasn't based on the glima itself. So, therefore, he doesn't get any money from the guy who's collecting his glima. Now, the Gemara tells us that Narsha, gone of Sifra, which these are all places, names of places. A person from Narsha, he stole a safer, a book. Zabne le Papano, Zuzi. So now he sold it to a person from Papano. For 80 Zuz. Now, Azla Papano, he's also uh, a merchant. Zabni Labar Machuzah, but may have essences. He went and sold it to a person from Machuzah for 120 Zuz. Now, Lasayv Hukaraganov, at the end, it was recognizable that this original Narsha had stolen this book, which he sold to the Papanoi, which the Papanoi charged even more, and he sold it to the person from Machuzah. So, Amabai, Abai said, Allah is Lazel Mori de Safra. So, the owner of the Safra, he goes, and he gives to the person from Machuza, the last guy who's the one he's, hold, he's left holding the book, he gives him Tamnin Zuzi, 80 Zuz, the Shokla Sefri. And he takes his book, meaning because the original value that, was, the, that the book was purchased from the Ganev was 80 Zuz. Now, although the person from Machuza, he bought from the guy who bought from the Ganev, and he paid 120. But the guy who was stolen from, when, he, when we have Takan Zashuk, he has to compensate, says Abaya, he only has to compensate the first price that it was worth. So he's only paying 80 to the person from Mechuzah. 
Now, for Azla Bar so therefore, what does the person from Mechuzah, who he paid 120 for it, he goes, He goes and he collects 40 from the person from Papanoi, who that's how much he had made. He only paid 80 for it. So he's not losing anything. He's just not getting what he gained off the person from Mechuzah, which this original guy was stolen from, pays him the 80, and then the 40 he gets back from Papanoi. So no Lokeach is losing. You do apply Takonis Hashog. And the only one that's losing is the guy who was stolen from, which hopefully he'll be able to get his money back from the person from Narsha. But again, we say Takan Sashok that he has to pay only 80, and then that guy from Ochoz will get his 40 back from the Papa Noy. Now, on that muscular Rava, Rava asked Nabaya, wait a second, he says, Hashto if a guy who purchases from a Ganav, we said also by Takan Sashok, we say that he doesn't lose anything. Whatever he paid to the Ganav, he gets paid back from the guy that was stolen from. So So a guy who bought from a guy who bought from a Ganav, that last guy, this person from Mechuzza, who paid 120, he should be worse than the guy who buys from a Ganav? You're saying that he only has to pay him 80 and then he has to go ahead and collect from the guy who sold it from him? But we don't say that by a guy who buys from a Ganav. We don't say, oh, get what you paid from the Ganav. No, he gets whatever he paid for from the guy who was stolen from, from the Nigzel. So why over here do we say that you don't, give, you don't have to give him all 120? So Elam Rabbi rather, Rabbi disagreed with, with Abaya. Says Lazel Mori de Safra. Rather, the owner of the book goes. He has to give the president Mechuza how much he actually paid for it, which is 120 zuz. And then Meshukal Safra. Then he can take his book. Then Lazel Mori de Safra. Then the owner of the book goes. Velishkal Arbon Papanoi. Then he has to collect the 40 from the Papanoi, which is how much he had gained off his selling it because he only paid 80 and he actually sold it for 120. And then Vitamnam and Nashana, and then he'll be able to go ahead and obviously go to the guy who had stolen from him, which is the original guy, the Nashana, who he had sold it for 80. That was, he'll get, be able to get his money back then because he paid 120 for it to get his stuff back. Then he'll get 40 from Papano and 80 from Narsha. But says Rabbi, you can't say that the last guy, the Barmachazad, that he has to have any responsibility. That's Takan Sashok, a guy who buys something, shouldn't have to lose anything, and the Nigzil has to compensate him for all of that value. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah. If one guy is coming with his barrel of wine, and this guy's coming, they're both walking in the street, this guy's coming with his jug of honey. Now, now the guy who has the jug of honey, his jug cracks. Now, honey is worth much more than wine. So, so the guy who is holding his jug of wine, he says, you know what? My, my wine is much less of a loss than this guy's honey. So he pours out his wine, and he goes and he saves this guy's honey in his jug. So the Mishnah continues, Ahmed Bey's says the Tanakhama, so he only has his pay, meaning he could only charge the owner of the honey for how much he would have to pay for renting his kli, his vessel, and for the amount of work that he did to save the honey. But he doesn't get compensated for the loss of his own wine. But says the Tanakama Vim Omar, but if he says, I'll save your honey, but but you have to go ahead and compensate me for my wine, then then the owner of the honey has to go ahead and pay the owner of the wine for the loss of his value of the wine. Similarly, Shatavnachal Khamoir Let's say the, 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 the river is coming and is about to is flooding over and gonna, is gonna drown his donkey and his friend's donkey. Now, his donkey is worth 100, his friend's is worth 200. So, he makes a simple calculation. He leaves his own donkey to drown. And he goes to save his friend's donkey. 
says the Mishnah, he only gets how much a guy would have to charge for his services, but he doesn't get compensated for the loss of his donkey. But if he tells him, look, I'll save your donkey, but you'll compensate me for the loss of my donkey, so we'll both get 100 out of this, then he has to go ahead and give him the value of his donkey that he left to drown to save his more expensive donkey. Now the Gemara asks on this halacha, why? And this is going on the case of the honey. Why is it that he only gets the amount of how much the pay is and he doesn't get compensated? Let the guy who's saving the honey, who's the owner of the wine, who spilled out his wine, say, I am meriting your honey from Hefker. Because your honey was going to waste. It was going to get totally ruined. It, you're correct. It was just going to get ruined on the floor. Now, I'm like saving something from Hefker. So then the question is, why is Allah only gets how much a laborer would, would, would get paid? To the contrary, he actually should be able to take all the honey for himself. Now, as Rashi points out, this halacha is only talking about the case of the honey because with the case of the donkey, you can't say that because there, that original owner could have saved his donkey. He could have gone and, and, and went after that too. But he didn't. This other guy went and saved it for him. But by the case of the honey, his jug cracked. There's nothing he could do about it. This guy with the wine, the only way he could have saved it was by him pouring out his wine and saving this guy's honey. So therefore, essentially, it was hefker in regards to the owner of the honey. So the question is, so why are you saying only gets scharay? To the contrary, he should be able to keep all the honey for himself. Because me, like Tanya, didn't learn the brisa, which will illustrate this concept when the jug uh, is, of honey is breaking and it's all going to waste, it's like hefker. Because we learned the brisa, someone was carrying jugs of wine and jugs of oil. Now, Barash, he saw that they're breaking and they're all going to spill out at one shot. So says the brisa, lo yoimar, the owner of this honey, uh, the owner of this o- oil and wine, shouldn't say, It's inappropriate for him to say, which because he knows it's going to go to waste, but it's not yet wasted. He says, oh, I don't want this to be a loss. Let it be a loss for the kain, for the levy. He says, oh, let this be trumo of a meiser for the produce that I have tevel in my house. He shouldn't say that. And actually, if he does say that, it's like he didn't say anything. Now, why? Obviously, we see because since it's going to waste, he has no rights in it. It's like Hefker. And therefore, he doesn't own it. And he can't use it for Truma Meiser on his produce at home. So, therefore, ask the Gemara, so why in the Halacha of the Mishnah, when the honey, the jug cracked and is going to waste, did we say only gets his, his, as if the pay he would be able to charge for his services, but he doesn't even get compensated for his wine. Why? He should be able to take all the honey for himself. It's Hefker. So that answers the Gemara, could Amir Bihemya. Like Rabbi Amir says, which will be mentioned later on, that where he says in that context, Kisha Ekel Besabad Karchalau, so Achanam here also it's talking about Kisha Ekel Besabad, which here obviously we're talking about in regards to the jug of honey, but Ekel is that like a netting that surrounds a, a vessel which has in it like a, a liquid. Which it's the ekel is the netting that's used in the in the olive press, which they use it to contain the the olives. So this type of netting is karachalaha, is is a covering surrounding this barrel of the honey, and therefore, although it cracked, not all of it is going to be spilling out at one shot. Rather, it's going to be dripping out drip by drip through the holes in the netting. Therefore, it's not hefker. Yes, if it was cracked and there was no netting, that, as we see in the Bryce, then it's Hefker, and then of course he'd be able to merit all the honey himself. Here, since it's surrounded by this netting, so although it's going to crack, 
and he has to pay him for the services that he did, but he doesn't, he can't be zeicher from all the honey because it's not hefker, it's not dripping out of one shot, it's, it's going to go slowly, and that's why it's not hefker. Now, however, the Gemara, however, asks on the b'risa. The b'risa said, v'im amar, regarding this case of someone that has a jug of oil, a jug of honey, that's cracking, and so it said that he shouldn't say that it's going to be for truma ma'isa. Now, the b'risa says more of a v'imam, and if he does say, Lema Kolmi hasn't said anything as we proved, which was the question on the Mishnah, we see that it's hefker, and in the halacha Mishnah we said seemingly it's not. So we say, okay, because the Mishnah is talking about where it has this netting, in contrast to this case of the b'risa. But on this halacha, the b'risa, the gemara says, time we learn the b'risa seems to contradict this. Another b'risa says, Misha Boba Derech, if someone is walking on the road, Umois Piyodi, he has a lot of money on him, V'onat Kenegdoi, and there's a guy, a thief, that's, that's, that's opposing him. So, says the Bryce, this guy who is about to be mugged, should not say, look, I have produce of Meister Shani, which I have in my house. Now, the look is Meister Shani, which is the second type the person has, has to either all of that produce be brought up to Yerushalayim, or you have to deconsecrate it onto money and bring the money up to Yerushalayim and use it to buy food over there. So, this guy's thinking, hey, great idea. Maisa Shaini money is not really my regular money. I have to, it, has to, it has certain limitations. You have to take it up to Yerushalayim. So he says, look, this money, if I'd be able to go ahead and deconsecrate my Maisa Shaini produce onto this money, then when it gets stolen from me, then okay, it gets stolen from me, what can I do? But then I won't lose the money itself because I'll have already gained all the Maisa Shaini produce which is chulun by me now. So the bride says he shouldn't say that, oh, I have produce in my house, let them be mucholal na mois halol, let them be deconsecrated on these monies. Now, but says the price of him, if he does say it, then his words have, have, are valid, and then the money becomes Meister Shani money, and then 30 seconds later, when the guy steals his money by gunpoint, then that's the Meister Shani money that was taken. So we see, see clearly, seemingly contradicting the previous price, which there it said that you're not allowed to say something that's about to be taken from you, about to be lost, which is inevitable. Here also, it's inevitable, it's about to be lost, and still we say it's not Hefka, we say that Dvarv Arkayaman. So, why in the previous price did we say that Loy Maklom? So, the Gemara says, no, they're different because Hacha, here by the case of the Anas, of the guy who's going to rob him, where he could save it, he could, he, could, he could avoid, he could protect himself from, from the robber. That's why it's not considered Hefka and Dvarv Kayaman. Now the Gemara asks, but if you could save it, so look at then why do we say, oh, you, you shouldn't say, why not? If you could save it, then it's like your regular money. It's not half at all, so why is that inappropriate? So now the Gemara answers, no, because yes, you could save it, but only under extreme circumstances. You'll have to negotiate with the, with the thief, you'll have to maybe go run into a dangerous place. Whatever it is, it will be under extreme circumstances. Really, the odds are he's going to steal the money. So if it's inappropriate, a person should not be taking his thing which, and putting the loss of onto Hashem, so to speak, of like Maestro Shaini, that's inappropriate. But if you do it, it still will stand because it's not Hefka, because you could save it, albeit bitchak, with ex- under extreme circumstances. Now, on this answer, the Gemara asks, so what are you saying? That wherever there is going to be even a, a small loss, as long as it's not a total loss, like in this case where we explained, it's talking about that he could save it under extreme situations, and that is like we said, that maybe he's going to save it, 
So he said that since maybe he's going to save it, so So it sounds like from the way we explained the Brisa that initially you're not allowed to go ahead and say and do that if it's going to be if it's going to be a possible uh, a possible loss. In other words, it's, it's going to be a small loss over here, and this is according to Rashi's interpretation that. The reason why it's considered a small loss is because even though it's a large loss, but since it's not inevitable, as we said, that you might be able to save it, so doing this, making the Meisr Shani money, the Meisr Shani status on this money, it it could be a huge loss for Meisr Shani if it's taken, but it's considered a small loss, the way the Gemara is phrasing it, because it might happen, it might not happen. But still it says, it sounds like from the halacha that, okay, it will have validity after the fact, but legitimately you shouldn't say that. On that as the Gemara, but Vatanyul in the Bryce Harisha Hayulai. Let's say a levy had Esther Chavyashal Tevel. He had 10 barrels of Tevel. Now, a levy doesn't have Tevel because he doesn't have his own grain. It means to say that when he gets Meiserishin, it's still considered Tevel for him because he has to give what's called Trumis Meiser, which then he has to give a tenth from his Meiser to the Kayan. So up until he does that, it's considered tevel untyped produce for himself. Now, these ten barrels of tevel, meaning untyped meister that he has, are tummy. They're they're tummy. Now, even though he has to give a trumis meister from that to the kayan, it's not really fit for the kayan to consume because the kayan's not allowed to eat tummy truma. Rather, he would have to use it for non-edible purposes like ziluf, which is using the 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 wine. To, to spread out on the ground, which gives a good aru- aroma in the room. Now, moreover, as Rashi explains, the Gemara later on will, will tell us that we're talking about new wine, which is not even so appropriate for Ziluf, which you really need to have old wine, which has a strong aroma, and hence, really, this wine is, has not that much value for the kind. And therefore, even if it's, it's going to be lost from him, it's going to be just a small loss. So that's the case we're talking about, where the lady has 10 barrels of tummy, of tummy untithed meister. Now, vera achas mention nishbrudo oishinaskalsi. He sees one out of 10 barrels, which is actually the amount he has to give to the kain, which is one tenth of his meister. He sees one of them is, is breaking, is broken, or that it was uncovered. Now, the halachic significance of uncovered is that. Yain uh, Magulam, uncovered wine, there's a concern that maybe a snake went and, especially in Talmudic times, went and drank from that, thus putting poison in it, and thus it's actually forbidden to partake of it because Chamir Sekantami Sura, something dangerous to one's life, is actually forbidden. So Yain Magulam is, is actually forbidden. So you can't consume it, and neither the broken one are you going to be able to consume it because it's going to fall on the ground. So, so Oimer, so the Levi says, so quickly wants to hop around, wants to get, get in on, on, on saving himself. He doesn't want the loss to be to him. So he says, that one is going to be the actual one that's Trumas Meiser going to the Kayan. Which, as we'll shortly explain, that's just a small loss for the Kayan. Because as we said, it's only really new wine, and it's only, since it's tummy, you can't really use it for consumption anyway. It would only be able to be used for Ziluf, and you can't really hold on to it for a long time. So it's a small loss. So the Levi could say that and save himself with a small loss, even like a trila, it sounds like. Now, but that's only with the wine. But Ubishemen, but if let's say he has these ten barrels of truma of of of, of the of the meister that's that's tummy, so regarding oil, that when you have 
that's tummy, even if it's going to give it to the kain as chuma, there it is fit to be used in a regular functionality of using it as fuel. And therefore, when that would be a loss for the kain, it would be a very large loss because that's a regular barrel of oil for the kain. So therefore, it says the brisa loyasakain. So then you now let it go ahead and designate this one that's breaking, which is going to be a loss, to be the kain's loss when they have the kain because that's a real loss for the kain. But in regards to the wine, that's okay. So the Gemara asks, seeming that contradicts the, 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 the interpretation we said just before. We made it sound like the way we interpreted the previous brisa that even when it's a small loss, for Kayin, for Hektish, you can't go ahead, at least like a and do that and make that designation. Yet here we see clearly, when we have this one, this one tenth, this one barrel out of ten barrels of wine, which is going to be a loss, albeit a small loss for the Kayin, and that like a you could say that the, the Levi could say, oh, let that be the one that I'm going to give to the Kayin, which is going to be a loss for the Kayin. So Amr Birmi says, and this is what we had referenced before, when is it permitted to do this by the wine? Is Kishikal Besabad Karchalaus talking about where the netting of the olive press is used that's surrounding the barrel of the wine? Where that's not such a big loss. Meaning it's not even like the case of the of the, the robber with the money, where there we said that he would only be able to save it under extreme circumstances. So that's more of a definitive loss albeit it's, we considered it as a small loss because it could be saved, but it's still a, a, a credible small loss. So that's where we said, look, like, you shouldn't say that. But over here, it's not even a small loss because here you have the netting around it and it's not dripping out all at one time, so it could still be salvaged. So that's why it's like less than a small loss. That's why we said, look, like, the Levi could say it. But by a regular small loss, like in the case we described before, which again is really a large loss, but it's, it's not ne- necessarily because it could be saved, therefore we considered equivalent of a small loss, then look, like, you shouldn't. But again, in this case, which is such a small, small loss, there we said, look, like, the Levi could say that. Now the Gemara asks, however, regarding this brisa, we understand that when the barrel broke, so then it's fit. As we said, it's actually very much fit, meaning it's only a very small loss, because the netting is around it. And therefore you could go ahead and designate it for the kain that that should be his barrel, which will be his loss, not the levy's loss. The question is, regarding the barrel of wine that was left uncovered, for what does it fit? In other words, we learned, in spite of that, that the Levi could say, Harehu Truma, that let it be for Truma. Now, we see, obviously, then we're back to the question, although that's going to be a clear-cut small loss for the Kayan, because here you can't say, oh, like this netting is not even a small loss. No, it's total loss for the Kayan. He has nothing to do with this, with, this, with this wine, because it's left uncovered. And even though it's a small loss, we see we're not concerned for that. So that contradicts what we said in the interpretation of the previous b'risa, where we said that, no, if it's a definite small loss, then the ketchila shouldn't say. Here we see the ketchila, he could do it by the barrels of wine, even though it's yain magulm that was left uncovered. Now, so the Gemara says, well, if you're going to say it's not a, it's not a total small loss for the kind, that's why he could do it, the levi, because chazil aziluf, Although the kain can't consume the wine because it might have the poison of the snake in there, the venom, but you could, let's say, use it for zilaf, which again we said is that you drop some of the wine on the floor, which gives a good aroma in the room. And that says the Gemara, no, you can't even use it for that either. Regarding water that was left uncovered, you now let's spill that water in the public domain because maybe someone's going to be walking over that barefoot. 
and some of the poison, the venom of the snake is going to go into his foot. Why? Because he might step on a pebble, which is going to make a hole, which is going to pierce his skin. And then some of the poison from the water is going to go into him, and he's going to die. So you're not allowed to pour this water into the Rosh Hashanah. Moreover, you can't use the water to knead, clay, to knead clay with that, because then again it's in the clay. You're not allowed to use it to... To the, in the Talmudic times, they had the floors made out of dust, so you can't use it to settle the dust in the house. You can't use this water to feed either his animal or someone else's animal, again, because of danger to life, because maybe then they're going to slaughter the animal and you're going to eat from that animal, which has that venomous uh, water inside of it. So therefore you see that there's no utility whatsoever for Mayim or Yain Megulam. So how do we understand that the Levi could lick say that when we said in the previous halacha that for a Hefzin Mu'it, you cannot lick do that. So I think Mara says, no, it's not a total loss, even by Yain Megulam. Because the other Levi you could pass the wine through a strainer, which the way they had it was, it was a, a, a clea on top of another clea. So you put the sediments in the upper one, which acts like a, like a sifter, like a strainer, and the wine strains itself, itself through. Like Rechem Nesev said, then that will take care of the problem of the venom from the snake, and then it won't have the halachic problem of Yain Megulam, so there is a rectification for it, so it's not a total loss for the Kayan, it's not even a total small loss, and that's why the Ketchili could do that. A strainer, says the Tanakama, has the halachic problems of, some, of wine being left open. In other words, you have to cover the upper part of the strainer so that, a wine, so that the snake doesn't drink from the wine on the top, even though the wine's going to be going through the top part, strained through into the bottom part, still we're concerned that maybe the venom of the snake will go through with the wine into the bottom, into the bottom clee, where, again, we were talking about when, if the, the lower one, for sure, is left uncovered, where that's for sure a problem. Now, but Amrim Nechemi, he says no. He says, Emesai, when did we say that when the kli, the strain is left open, that's a problem for the venom from the snake? That's Emesai Bismach Magula. That's only if the lower kli is left open, where there, there's no strainer. The strain is only from the top one going down to the bottom one. So if the bottom one is left open, he's going to be drinking from the bottom one, then there's nothing, then it has the venom inside of it. When the lower one is covered, then even if the upper part is uncovered, there's no halachic problem about wine being left uncovered. Because the poison, the venom of a snake, is comparable to a sponge. It floats and it stays on the top. It doesn't come down through the strainer into the bottom part. So therefore, says the Gemara, it's not a total loss even by Yaim because you could strain, you could sift it, it doesn't come through to the bottom. So even by Yaim since it's not a total or small loss, again, it's a small loss for the Kayin, even if it was a total loss, but still we said in the previous halacha, even a small loss like a Tchili, you cannot cause that type of a loss. Here it's not even that small loss because even that small loss could be rectified by having it strained in the strainer. Now that the Gemara asks, wait, Lavit Marla, didn't we learn in this halacha from Nehemia that Amr Bissimin Amr Bishu Malebi says, Loi Shanu Elosh Loi Tarku? We didn't learn this dispensation of Reb Nehemia only if the wine with the venom from the snake wasn't mixed by a person. So, for example, like the case of the strainer, where no one touched it. It's just the snake who drank from the upper, upper wine. When it's going to sift through by itself, it goes at its own pace, then the venom stays on the top, and that's why it's not a problem. But he explained, but if let's say it was mixed, 
then it's forbidden. Because then it all gets mixed together. And here in this case of the barrel, when if, the, if the, you had the barrel that was left uncovered and maybe a snake drank from it, when you're going to be pouring from the barrel into a strainer, that's going to be mixing the venom together with the wine and it's going to go through that way into the strainer of the clay. That's problematic because then it already got mixed in and then it doesn't get sifted out anymore. Then the venom is already mixed into the whole thing. So how can you say that that's an option to make it not into a definite hefzitzaz when it's not an option because it's not happening by itself. It's through human touch, which again mixes it all together. So the Gemara says, no, Hassan Nami, even in this case of this brysa of the, of the uncovered barrel, it's possible to put either, either a cloth or the bottom of a, of a sifter, a puma de chavita on the mouth of the barrel itself, the shafile, where if you pour it slowly, then it's going to be the same functionality as when you have a sifter working by itself going from top to bottom. Here you could do the same thing. If you put something on the top of it, it's going to be going slowly sifting. Then the venom will stay on the top and will not come through the strainer. And therefore, again, there is a rectification. That's why it doesn't contradict the previous interpretation of that halacha, where even by half success, like it's really you shouldn't say it, but here we say like it's really the lady could say it, is again because since it's not a total loss of even the half success. Now, but now the Gemara asks, but Vereb Nechemiah, if it's like we had answered to explain this halacha regarding the ten barrels, where we said that even the, when it's left uncovered, we said that you're allowed to say, the Levi's allowed to say that this one barrel that's uncovered is for the Kayin, which we said seemingly contradicts the previous halacha. So we said, no, it doesn't contradict because although it's Megulin, there is a permissible way of having it. And we said, who's that like? That's like Vereb Nechemiah. But that the Gemara asks, if this Brisa is Reb Nechemiah, but then we have a different question. Mitarminan, could we take truma from, we said that all 10 barrels were, were tummy. They were all meiser that were tummy, and he was going to take off truma's meiser from one of the barrels for the kain, for the other nine. And that has the Gemara, if it's from Nehemiah, does he hold that you could take off truma's meiser that's tummy from meiser that's tummy? But Vatanya learned the Brisa that says, the Tanakhama says, he says that you could take off Trumas Maiser that's Tame for Maiser that's Tame. Or Minhatar Alatar, or when they're both pure, of course. Or Minhatar Alatame, or from Trumas Maiser, the one barrel, it's Tar. You could use that to use for the Trumas Maiser for the other nine barrels that are Tame. Avalim Minhatame Alatar, but you can't take something that's lesser than, you can't take the Trumas Maiser that's the one barrel that's Tame to use the Trumas Maiser for the other nine barrels which are Tar. That's the Tanakh Kama. Now, Rabbi I mean, disagrees. He says, They did not permit to take off a barrel of wine that's truma, that you want to use for truma's maizah, meaning a tenth of the tenth that the labor gives to the kayan, that it's tamay, even if the other barrels that he's taking it off for are tamay too. Only by demai, which demai is when the person purchases something or gets it from Amaritz, which the halacha is that you have to take off the, the, the maestress because we're concerned that maybe the Amaritz didn't do the proper tithes. By demai, when we're not sure, then we're lenient because actually the majority of Amiratsam of ignoramuses actually do take off maestress. And therefore it was already had maestress taken off from it. And therefore it's only a, a rabbinic stringency that you have to take off the trumas maestress. So in such a case, that's where we're lenient. But in general, you now take off trumas maestress from tame on tame. So if it's from the Chemia, so how do we understand the Allah in the first place that you're taking one out of these ten barrels, which all are tummy, for the other ones which are tummy? So the Gemara says, you're right, Hachanami Bishal Demai. Just like Rim the Chemia said that when they're Demai, when you had gotten it from Amaritz, 
then you could take off Tumah from Tumah. So here also it's Tumat in this Brisa where it's Demai, and that's why you could take off one barrel for the other nine barrels, Tumah from Tumah, because again, Ibrahim Lechem agrees by Demai. Now the Gemara goes back to clarify Amamar that we said in the Brisa that although he allows by the wine for the Levi to take off that one barrel that was either left uncovered or that's breaking, which is going to be a loss for the Kayin, but but by the the case of the the oil where there's one there's ten barrels of oil and one of them broke or was uncovered then he can't use that one to designate it as the trumas meiser and they have sarkayim because that's a loss for the kind that's a real loss as as the gemara is going to explain by by wine it's not such a loss okay so then we let you go ahead and create the loss for the kind but by by oil, which is a real loss because you could use it for regular purposes, for lighting purposes, where it's not a problem that it's time because the kain is not going to be consuming it, then you can't go ahead and use this and create the loss for the kain instead of yourself. Now the more wonders. Maishna Hashem, and what's the difference between oil? The roll lahad lake, because yeah, it's a regular loss for the kain because they could use it for lighting purposes. Well, yainami roll Wine is also a full fledged loss, not just a small loss, full fledged because you could use it for zilov. We can use the, the truma. That again, not the case of, of Giloy, of Megulam, which was uncovered, which we said that you can't even use it for that, or we said that you could because you could sift it, you could strain it, but let's say the case of where it's breaking, where if you're going to say that it was, that was the Kayan's barrel, well, that's a huge loss for him because he could have used this, this wine that was Tame for Zilov purposes, which is a, is a regular service that you could use with wine, which it gives a good aroma in the room. Now, Chitim, if you're going to say that no, Zilav love milsi, that's not a significant purpose of wine. Wine is usually used for drinking. To use it as a way, as a deodorizer in the room, eh, that's not considered such a loss. Therefore, that's something that we allow the lady to create a loss for the Kayin. Because anyways, it's, it's Tameh and he can't drink the wine anyway. And that's just the Gemara, but Ba'amar Shmuel Meshur to the contrary. He says, Shaisin milug besela. You drink, if you're buying wine of a lug to drink, then you pay a sella. But if you're buying a lug of wine to do ziluf, you actually pay two slime. In other words, if you could find wine cheaper for a cellar, then you'd use that, the cheaper one for drinking. But if you're buying for ziluf, then actually you should buy the more expensive wine, which a lug is going to cost two slime. Because actually that is even a more exquisite benefit from wine. So therefore, we're back to the question. So it's a regular loss, just like the case of oil is the same thing applying to, z- to wine because you could use it for zilof. So how, why do we say you can't designate it by oil but you could designate it by wine? So answer the Gemara as we had mentioned this before. We're talking about here by new wine. New wine is not really fit, doesn't give that, doesn't have that strong aroma, it's not so usable for zilof. So you can't use it for zilof and you can't use it for drinking so it's a very small loss for the kind. What's it going to do with this wine already? Can't consume it, it's tame, and the kind can't consume tameya. So, okay, that's why you could designate it. What do you mean? The kind could just hold on to it till it ages and then you'll be able to use it for zilof. So why isn't that a regular loss? So the Gemara says, no, he can't hold on to it to age it. Because if he's going to hold on to it for a long period of time, he's going to have it in his cupboard, he might forget that this is the, the tummy one, and he might come to drink it. And he could, then he's going to violate the iser of consuming truma that's tummy. And for that reason, he can't hold on to it. So since it's new, it's no, it's no utility for ziluf. And, and again, he can't hold on to it to age it. Now the Gemara asks, well then, shemenami asibaditakala. So I don't understand. Oil is also something that you use it slowly when you're using it for light. So therefore, you might also come to a takala, might come to a stomach block, you might come to using cooking and consuming it, which is also a violation of the kind consuming truma that's tummy. 
So the Gemara says, no, the manach beklimois. There's no problem. There's a way to avoid that concern. Put it into a disgusting, repulsive container, so you're never going to come to eat it. You'll know that you only have, you could use it for lighting purposes, which that's not a violation of consuming truma that's tummy. So the Gemara says, nami manach beklimois. So then wine you'll also put in the disgusting vessel, and therefore you won't come to consume it. So the Gemara says, no. If the whole reason why you want to hold on to it to age it is to use a beziluv, you're going to put in the disgusting, repulsive kli. The whole purpose of it is to have this refined smell. You're going to put it into the garbage, that's, then you're defeating the whole purpose. There's no reason for that. You have no utility for ziluv, and therefore, again, that answers the question. You're only holding on to it for ziluv. There's no purpose for that. You're saying the only way to be able to onto it with moist, that wouldn't help. And therefore, again, by wine, it's not really such a loss. Now, the Gemara concludes this discussion by actually saying, This that we're saying that there's a difference between in this price of wine and oil because of the, the differential about what you could use it for. And we said that the reason why you can't hold on to the wine to age it to say that it's a loss just like oil is because of Tekala. Says the Gemara, actually, that's actually a machleik is tanoim. The Tanakh learned the Braisa. A barrel of wine of Truma that became tummy. So, now, you can't drink it, but you could use it for other purposes that are not consumption. You actually have to spill it all out at one shot. You got to use it right now, whatever you're using it for. You can't hold on to it, use it slowly. The reason being is because of the concern of Takala. Because if you hold on to it, you might come to eat or drink from this wine, which is a violation of a kind with Trumatamea. Basilov says, no, you could hold on to it for a long period of time. You could hold on to it and use it as zilov. You can't drink it because it's tummy, but they're not concerned with takala. Which is, again, as we said, is this machalik tanoim. Now, Amir B'Shemur B'Yesi, third opinion, he says, I will qualify. I will be the deciding factor in this machalik b'sham b'sil. He says, actually, I'm somewhere in the middle. If the wine is in the house, then you could use it slowly for zilov. But if it's in the fields, then you have to spill it all at one time. The reason being is because the amount of time it takes to bring it from the field to the house, in that interim period, you might come to consume from it, then you might not realize. And because of there, then you consume for takala. But in the house, you could do it in a way that won't come to takala because it's right there, available right then. Therefore, that's the difference. So, in um, some partly like Bishamay, partly like Basil, that it's not always a concern for takala like in the house, like Basil. But if it's in the field, then you wouldn't be concerned. Those that say he said it a little bit different. If it's old wine, where it's ready to use right now, then you could use the zilov, and you could use it even though it's not going to be consumed at one shot. But if it's new wine, then you got to spill it all out because then you're going to be holding on to it for a long time. Guy might forget, oh, a bottle of wine, drink it, he's going to forget that it's the tummy one, and then we are concerned for tekala. So again, somewhere in the middle. Now, Amrulay, they said to him, a third opinion will not decide to be the middle factor that the Allah should be like him between two other opinions. The reason being is because what you're really saying is your own third unique opinion. You're actually not like either one of Beishama or Basil, because actually neither one of them mentioned anything about a house or a field. Now, as Rashi explains, what would be considered a hachra? That is a qualifying factor between two different opposites that we would be like, like the middle opinion. That would be if, let's say, Bishami had said that whether it became tummy in the house or whether it became tummy in the field, still you got to spill it all out in one shot. And Bishila would say the words that, no, whether it's in the house or in the field, you could use a Vaziluv, and then Yubishamol would come along and say, wait, depends. If it became tummy in the field, then you got to spill it out one shot. 
If it became tummy in the house, then you could use vizilut. Then, what he would be doing is, he would be deciding the factor between these two opinions. Therefore, in the halacha of the house, we would have two opinions saying one thing, and regarding the field, we have two opinions saying something else, because he's like either one of them on one. Now, the halacha always is, it's two against one, that halacha is, we don't pass on like the one when you have two, because that's the passage in Shema Yitzchav, as you go after the majority, which, similar, we have this discussion in Shabbos of Chav Tesh now, but over here, where neither Bishami nor Basil said any differential between a house or a field, he who is making up this difference of a house and a field, or with new or old wine, that's his own chiddush. That's his own certain opinion, and therefore that's not considered a deciding factor between Bisham Basil to be two like one and two like the other, and therefore they told him, you're not the deciding factor. The halach is not necessarily like you. It still would be up for discussion about who do we paskin like. But again, that's what the Gemara had introduced us because the previous resolution was based on saying the difference between wine and oil is because the concern of takala for wine, and that was the, the discussion was actually it's a machlekes tanoim if we are even concerned about takala because we have Basil who says no tasli that there is no difference between oil and wine and that you would have that same discussion that possibly that just like he can't do the same thing by, wine, by oil he can't do it by wine because then it would be a loss because actually zilov is actually more valuable than the drinking of the wine.